We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Little Legends Podcast is a Prediction Esports production. Support us by subscribing to the Prediction Esports Podcast channel on your favorite podcast provider. Hey guys, welcome back to Little Legends Podcast episode number 27. I am your host, Blevins. Joining me as always is my lovely and wonderful co-host, Boop. What's up, buddy? It's going good. A, a, a more muted intro to the script. I could feel the energy being held. But I thought, I thought you were gonna do like a crazy like radio. Like I thought you were gonna lean into it. Oh, I was going right. to, and uh, I forgot to do that until literally right this second. So yeah, that uh, makes sense. Like, we'll save it. it we'll sure. save it. We'll yeah, see. We'll, we'll save it for we'll another see. time. We'll like uh, we'll let people like forget, and we'll, then like in two in two and a half weeks, it'll just be like. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Wait, so are we going to do an episode and a half? We'll get into that in a second because we have (laughs) a wonderful guest on the show as well. We also are joined by none other than Striving Light. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm happy to be here. And no, I mean, we've been in call for a bit already. So we are, uh, (laughs) we are uh, very, um, What's the word? Slow at getting things uh, ready because uh, Boop and I uh, chit chat too much. We'd be we'd be terrible seventh graders. We would. <laughs> oh my! 
God, we totally, I would have totally hung out with you in seventh grade too. You think so? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Because you probably, okay, if we hung out, that means you probably were in band. No, right? not not real not. life. You, oh, not real okay. life. You. Oh, okay. But if gotcha. like if we were to have seen each other, uh, that's okay. the vehicle it probably would have been. Mm. You probably would have been low brass with me. Mm. We probably because <laughs> you could you could be a good tuba player. <laughs> um, I don't even know how to respond to that. So, is that a compliment? Uh, <laughs> is it? It's certainly. No if, Boop, if Boop is saying it, it definitely isn't. Uh, <laughs> no, he's saying it to me. It's definitely not a compliment. Um. Yep. <laughs> But we are going to be talking about some great TFT stuff. We're also going to be getting a little bit deeper into the background of Striving Light. So those of you who are uh, new, you'll be able to find out a little bit more about her and the awesome things that she's doing in the TFT world. But before we do that, we, of course, have our little bit of housekeeping that I will run through ever so quickly as uh, I practice this every single week. Um, as you guys know, we are a prediction esports podcast, P-R-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. Make sure you are following and uh, subscribe to them on iTunes, Spotify, and all of the great podcast places. Uh, it is super helpful for us if you subscribe to that uh, feed as well as our feed. Double it up. Just, you know what? Just do it. Just, you know, to, to, to quote the philosopher Nike, just do it. Uh, <laughs> and while you're there, please leave us a review. Uh, we are always, always, always uh, in need of more iTunes reviews. They're always very, very helpful. Uh, so make sure you are doing that. And do yourselves a favor. Go to the Discord, discord.me slash Legends Podcast. We've got all sorts of stuff there. All of the cool kids are there. Striving Light's there. Boop is there. I'm there. You've got you've got game night legends like Sphinx, Jimmy the Shovel, uh, just everyone that you hear us re refer to every week is there. Uh, and we do game nights on Fridays, though they're not this Friday because of Valentine's Day. Um, probably do it on Saturday, but I'm not. We're not committed to that yet. It'll it'll be at some point. We'll do game night this weekend but make sure you're there discord.me slash legends podcast we are also streaming game nights at twitch.tv slash giant slayer tv so if you want to check out the old vods and see all of the just crazy antics that we have every <laughs> week because it is uh it, we, you know some games we play competitive and then sometimes we literally do a wacky game format that boob came up with so <laughs> <laughs> well I, I i always really like it because it's hard for me because uh unfortunately that is uh the only other time i can play D, &D is on fridays right mm. so i try to like split my time so what's really funny is like i come in i feel like for like an hour for like two games and i just mm. like try to leave as much of a mark as possible <laughs> so when i leave people want to come back and be like what is boop boobasaurus 6969 <laughs> when we play gonna do yeah. next boo what is boobasaurus 6969 going to do next who knows and guys, if you want, if you're watching in video world, you can see these awesome ready for battle stickers. You can get those as well as shirts and mugs and anything uh, that Designed by Humans has on their website. With that awesome design, the Ready for Battle does Jack's design over at the Designed by Humans page for the Legends podcast. The link to, to which is in the description. 
Okay, enough of that. Let's talk some TFT, and we'll start off the show like we normally do by talking about our week in TFT, and we will start off with our guest. Driving Light, how was your week in TFT? Well, I've been on a mini vacation, so this week I finally got back into the grind a little bit. Nice. Not bad at all. I like this patch a lot. I mean, I took a huge break due to Blender, Silver with Friends, mm-hmm. and passing to correct blender passing to correct everywhere <laughs> friends didn't work for those so that was like a solid month that i guess i started cheating on tft a little bit with other games <laughs> uh, but it seems we're all valentine's day coming back up i feel my love back for tft so i'm jumping <laughs> into it and it's been good i climbed my smurf account from plat four to plat one so uh, trying to get that to masters both accounts back to Charlie would be amazing nice. by uh set three so this week's been good for me. I'm liking this patch. It's been fun. Man, your Smurf is probably higher than my main account right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why I am in the podcast chair, not in the pro player. <laughs> Those who can't do podcasts. Uh, that's something that the great philosopher Nike once said. Yes, that, that is true. Uh, I, I remember that uh, when I was a philosophy major. Poop, how was your week in TFT? It was it was, uh, <laughs> it was uh, really good up until today, up until a couple hours ago. <laughs> so I, I was using uh, a little legend um, that has now become kind of like Beetlejuice or Voldemort to me, where I dropped a bunch of divisions after switching over to it because I liked one of the emotes. Um, Wait, and hold on like, a second, hold on a second. If it was like Voldemort, wouldn't it be like a really super powerful little legend? Oh, uh, well, it's, Beetlejuice is also like pretty powerful. Name. I don't want oh, to like, bring, okay, it, like okay. bring it here, you know what right. I mean? Right. Um, which one it is. Is it the Silverwing? It's the Silverwing, isn't it? <laughs> and oh. um, I, I, I like say ten games. I probably only top four, three of them. Ooh. And then I switched over to Kiki, and I didn't get under top four for like three days. Oh yeah, Kiki is. Yeah, it tier. was. Yeah, so Kiki obviously made me better at the game. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's the that's the most obvious answer <laughs> I could come up with. Uh, and then yeah, still trying to do that climb. It's only been the last like couple of weeks where I could really grind and play, play TFT and mm-hmm. study and get all this stuff uh, going outside of like the you know uh, because we as casters we need to like learn all, all the strategies. Right. And sometimes when you're playing, it's hard to like dive in and be like, okay, <laughs> this is how you do it right right and this is the decision i need to make right now it's just i was talking about that with uh one of my friends yesterday which is like it's so crazy that when i was watching her i could point out like everything that she was doing poorly but right. when i play i can't find that those same mistakes right it's, the human brain is a uh, is an interesting thing oh yeah it, the uh the when you're when you're birding a match it is always so much easier to point out the mistakes and be like, oh, this guy's this guy's an idiot. How did he not know to do that? And then I play and I'm like, uh, and uh, stop stream. And, <laughs> and we're back into gold. Um, so for me, yep. I have been um, I've been teetering still. I have not fallen out of plat one, which I'm very happy for. But I had a little bit of a rough. I had a little bit of a rough week. I played. So I do, I have, and I was talking about this in the pre-show. I have this really bad habit. I have two really bad habits. The first of which is I will just not scout. And now I, let me, I, I will preface this with, I know that it is absolutely 
critical to scout and that you need to scout it. It is extremely, extremely helpful. So don't do this at home. But what I do is I get into this mindset of like, oh, well, if I if I start if I started a comp and I don't look and see that there's three other people doing it, then it's just then it's the I just got unlucky when I don't get my units. <laughs> I know it's not my fault that I didn't scout and see that three people were also going berserkers. Um, although berserkers, I have not had I, I, even when it was uncontested, I did not have very much success with berserkers. Um, this patch so far, but I, I did find a little bit of success with the Yasuo comp. Um, he just melts people. <laughs> yeah, Russell, what do you think of the what do you think of the Yasuo right now? Are we getting into like problematic territory? Because honestly, it's when you have the Yasuo, it's fun, but when, <laughs> when you're against it, it's uh, um, it's death slamming worthy sometimes. Yeah. So the thing with the Yasuo, I think uh, there was such a craze around it just because you see this one guy literally 1v9 the world straight to yeah. your carry mm-hmm. and it just feels detrimental. Nowadays, now that people's been spamming it a lot more, you just have to play around it. So don't yeah. stack all three items onto your carry. Do two. Mm-hmm. Or you play around with the Hexes actually feel so much more important in this patch because of the fact that Hex counts as an item. So like I've seen, I was watching um, the top EU player and he literally just threw a bow on his Sinja after Raptors because he was just like I need uh, this Yasuo to go after this Sinja instead. Mm-hmm. Everyone was questioning and marking him at first. It was just like bow on Sinja. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, he can't attack. But uh, <laughs> after he reasoned that and seeing how popular the Yasuo carry comp is mm-hmm. that made a lot of sense. So Crystal is super good and mm-hmm. then uh, with the itemization changing Yasuo carry is strong but I don't know if it's truly like a S tier comp that's guaranteed to win because mm-hmm. you do have to hit like perfect items GA, Bloodthirster, Hands of Justice, and then you gotta hit. There's really no units you can alternate out, really. Yeah. So I have um I have another quick question before we move yeah, on because something that you said is S tier, and I don't know why it has never popped up before because we've used that term before. But in TFT, what would classify an S tier comp between one of these two things, right? Where, where kind of do you fall? Is it a comp that can win? Um, like maybe a good amount of lobbies, right? But is a little bit riskier. Is it a comp that can continuously top four, right? Which would you consider uh, S tier? So something I did a long time is always make tier list videos. And so at least my criteria is always consistency. Mm-hmm. So okay. for me, if let's just say that back when the meta first started in ocean mage right mm-hmm. consistent top four no matter what and i might be a little biased because i, I stand all the like challenger. the ocean mage queen <laughs> <laughs> that was my conference challenger and so that is s2 for me versus let's just say like in this meta now um a composition like rangers i think mm-hmm. is towards the a tier due to the fact that it is something that can definitely get you to first but i've also seen so many people fail and go ape with it yeah, so that, due to that inconsistency, it would be lower on my tier. So every time I look for S tier, I look for what's consistent to top four. Berserkers, back then, not this current meta, mm-hmm. was a guaranteed top four. So that lands it to pretty high in the tier. Not a first place comp, sure, but... If he gets you top four, you're gaining LP, so we take mm-hmm. those. <laughs> True. Yeah, that is a really mm-hmm. interesting... Because like it, 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 it's not really like that in any other game, right? Because it's yeah. just like... Tier list is pretty cut and dry. It's like, is this going to get you a lot of wins? And it's like, well, what actually is a win in TFT? Because you do. Yeah. 
Well, so I always bring this up. So in tennis, there is a a player uh, a while ago. uh, She just retired at the Australian Open named uh, Caroline Wozniacki. Um, It's not a last name you forget, but there's a big controversy because she was the number one ranked player because she had made like quarters and semis and all of the Grand Slams, but she never won one. Right. So like there was like a really big argument is like, does she deserve to be number one? She's by far the most consistent player on tour, Mm -hmm. right? She has the most points, but she's never won a major, major tournament. Right. So what does what does that mean? And I think TFT can kind of fall under the same type of argument. Right. It's just like there's always going to be that. So it's interesting to to me to see where people fall on that line. Right. I think I have a solution for for this conundrum. I just thought. (laughs) Uh Oh, (laughs) Okay, So S tier is specifically can get first places and outside of the tier list but still like like maybe parallel or or adjacent to the tier list is what we call the bridesmaids list where it's always can always top four but never wins always the bridesmaid never yeah because can a can a can a comp truly be s tier if it never wins but will get you top four 98 percent of the time right like that's the that that's the the major question for me i would i would love it's really to hear... a political reason it's really political uh, or maybe not political but it's a, it's like optics and marketing as to what you want it to be because it's like <laughs> well think about it because if maybe we uh, yeah well this is the beginning of the show we've got time we've got time to go into it um <laughs> If a comp if a comp gets you like first place fifty percent of the time, but the other fifty percent is eighth place, what does that net you in ten games? Versus if a comp gets you fourth place every single time in those ten games, what what gives you more? There's probably a lot of variables about that, but like maybe I don't know. It depends on ranking as well. Like there are certain comps that like are spammed just consistently in high ranks versus in lower ranks. You might see like a lot more variation. Mm -hmm. So you can't always just use the same comp because you're against different comps at lower ELO versus higher ELO as well to a certain degree. Yeah. You also probably shouldn't use the same comp every time because you're going to get screwed over. And like, there's (laughs) the game does give you some direction, even when I choose to ignore (laughs) that um, and just go hyper roll woodlands every single time because I'm an idiot. Um, But that's a that's a uh, another discussion to have maybe uh, at a later time. But let's get back uh, to the task on hand and uh striving light i'm curious i know a little bit about your gaming background but just tell us a little bit about how you got into gaming uh you know what your sort of background is in terms of competitive gaming because obviously now you're doing a lot in tft streaming and playing um so tell us how you got here so gaming in general without the competitiveness just ever since i was a kid um my entire family every single cousin is a nerd or <laughs> so literally christmas thanksgiving anytime we get together they're showcasing new games to me making me play new games etc even with my uncle surprisingly like when i was young they would play resident evil and hand a control to me which <laughs> scarred me a little bit in life <laughs> so that's something i grew up with ever since a child so gaming was just like a natural thing you do even in terms of competitiveness i actually never really been a competitive player i've always just like i hit gold i'm happy i hit diamond i'm happy like i just kind of like sail along 
Um, a little bit competitive came out during Hearthstone with mm-hmm. leaderboards and arena, and but that was really more due to the community and just starting yeah. stream and everyone telling me like, "Hey, like you're good at arena, why don't you ever go for a leaderboard?" I was just like, "That mm-hmm. requires me to play thirty games a month," and <laughs> which was a lot. a lot of games, yeah. <laughs> yeah so what really brought me which i know is a conversation a little bit later but twitch rivals was just like a attempt for me a little sneak peek to see what it's like and i became addicted i gotta say afterwards Mm -hmm. i was just like all right i'm grinding i'm doing this let's get into this esports scene yep yeah and i mean personally that's where i uh found out about about you because we covered that tournament and obviously you were in the you top 16 top i I Um, it was i got into the finals which is top 32 and then uh, i believe i my final rank was number 24 okay but yeah made it to the finals of twitch rivals and we obviously were covering that event and i remember because i i'm this i'm crazy when it comes to uh these types of things I do that I did this with Overwatch when I started the podcast. I did it with TFT. I'm doing it with Legends of Runeterra now. Anyone who does anything in the scene, I'm just like follow with follow, follow, follow. Like look into these people, see who they are. And it was funny because um, I saw you from Twitch Rivals, and then uh, unrelated to that, Eric Thomas, who's a friend of the show, a streamer, and is a game night regular, was like, "Oh yeah, I know Risa from Hearthstone." I'm like, "Oh cool." And then, you know, one thing led to another and Giant Slayer and all this stuff. And now we're now you're here That's on the how show. Your mom and I met. <laughs> <laughs> one thing led to yeah, another. One thing, and, uh... <laughs> yeah, one thing led to another. But um, yeah, just crazy how the how the Internet world works. But uh, on the, the back to the Twitch Rivals event, I mean, what was that like playing in that event? Because that was a. You know, obviously a live event and uh tft was still i mean that was I'm trying to think of the timing on that that was still set one right yeah that was still set yep, one that was set one that was when um swine glove just came out so we were oh, all freaking right. out because no one yes it was on <laughs> I remember that. Friday. no one played a new patch because everyone's yes. on their flights to twitchcon and we we're just like oh my god mittens like what is this like yordles and like uh, yes. the cold concept was crazy mm-hmm. um i have to say it was super nerve-wracking honestly we didn't know what to look for it because there wasn't really any tournament for tft really back then especially in set one mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so twitch rivals was such a big thing for us um the idea was that uh, I gave up on the tournament, honestly, like going into it. I didn't expect to make it. Um, one of my viewers was just, like, just casually make it to the finals. I, ga- <laughs> I gave up on that one. <laughs> like, I think that's better for me, though. When I set low expectations for things, right. I end up doing better than when I'm just like, I am the best in the world. And I got this. I'll, I'll end up eighth right. every single time. You're, you're <laughs> so I literally today was watching a video and the lady goes as a joke, you know, you never fail if you keep your expectations. Low. Yep, exactly. So I you guys, I guess you guys went to the same school you're of not, philosophy. You're not. We uh, did. I can relate with her. <laughs> you're not uh, Miss Havisham. You don't have great expectations. Uh, shout outs to all the Charles Dickens fans that got that reference, <laughs> by the way. Uh, and shout outs to that just exasperated sign that Boop gives every time I make a deep cut CD reference. Uh, but sorry, we cut you off. But. <laughs> anyways back to the match uh (laughs) what what about uh um so you kind of i mean it was a new environment it was 
I mean, for what it's worth, a lot of that tournament was kind of cobbled together. It was still like, I mean, it was it was at TwitchCon, so it's like, do you want to go to play the tournament for eight hours, or do you want to actually experience the con? So, um, well, I did have a three day pass, so Friday oh, okay. I got to explore the convention. It wasn't that big of a convention, so yeah. you can honestly look at it all in one day. Uh, but Saturday, yeah, the tournament was 10 hours, and this is someone who didn't make it to a grand final, so I can't imagine someone who made it there. Right. Um, there was the automatically invited players. Mm-hmm. I believe there was eight players that was automatically invited to the finals, meaning mm-hmm. there was only 24 spots that uh, people can play into, which is why I also gave up, because I knew who were the finalists. Like There was people like Skara, Disguise mm-hmm. Toast, Becca, Keen, and so they were all challenger, and for me, I was Diamond 4 with Sierra LP and uh, I made sure not to play any more games before I left for TwitchCon because I was like I don't want to be that one person that's not even Diamond right. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like let me, let me hit at least Diamond and just not touch any games so when I made it to the finals yeah one of my first lobby was Scara, Kibler, Keen, and it was just like Challenger, 500 LP, <laughs> Challenger, 1000 LP. Yep. And then you saw a Diamond 4, 0 LP, and people were like, is this a Smurf? And I was just like, no. Uh, <clears throat> uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I lost my info for my other <laughs> account. It's locked. I can't I can't get to it. Yeah, okay. So I was just shaking the entire time just because in general I just never been into any tournaments as well. So mm. it was both combined. Uh, big streamers I admired, never been to a tournament. And even before that there was a Twitch Rivals conference room. And mm. in the conference room kind of like all the partners were in like one table together. And then, like, I had my own little table that I was just like, that looks like the loser table where I could just sit and chill and talk to no one. So I'm going to go there. <laughs> and obviously, people were really friendly. There was other partners and yeah. uh, people that came up and talked to me eventually. But uh, it was just the whole setting was just felt very foreign to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, there wasn't any food, really, throughout those 10, Ooh. 12 hours. Uh, there was just Doritos because that was the sponsor. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> But I did not feel like stocking uh, all Doritos or the match. Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Everyone, everyone I have to remember that people, <laughs> yeah, people don't like Doritos as much as I like Doritos. I have to remind myself of that. It, it's not days. even a liking. It's a a like you're just gonna be exhausted if you're fueling. Yeah, I'll be dehydrated. Yeah, and dehydrated, <laughs> and you're gonna like. And also, like, man, I want to see the aftermath of that because those keyboards and mice must have just been crusty after that. Ew. <laughs> That's gross. In the tournament for me now. I mean, I know. Why would you even say what do you, that? It's like. It's from the Dorito crust. I don't need to know. Okay, Boop, you are the last person to be able to complain about talking about gross things. That is nothing compared to... I don't think people were showing Doritos during the tournament, though. I think they were eating it in the break room. Uh. (laughs) But yeah, so out of all of it, I think the funniest part was just since I was so nervous, I was just chugging water after water, which ended up me having to use the restroom, right? right? And the format unfortunately wasn't that stabilized where like after a game there was like a 30 minute waiting period between one game uh, to another okay. but when i would ask the staff like it they weren't sure 
they weren't sure if it was something that they were starting in a minute or 30 minutes right. later. So they would always be like, uh, uh, let me double check to see if we use the restroom. So it's awkward because I'm streaming. I'm just like, I feel like I'm like in the classroom. I'm like asking for permission right now. I'm <laughs> yeah. waiting for my hot pass. <laughs> and yeah. then they would tell me, okay, run to the bathroom. And I just did Jeez. that throughout the tournament. Like, I think I went to a restroom maybe twice or three times throughout the 10 hours. And each time, oh. like, they had me run there, run back. And then we waited like 30, 45 minutes for the next match, even though I probably could have walked yeah. to the bathroom. Okay, That's tournament crazy. staffs of the world. If that is something <laughs> to factor in is bathroom <laughs> breaks for your players because that is... Uh, well, you know, it's so funny. It's so hard to be a tournament admin. You know, sure. as, as someone who I've, um, uh, I, I've been in that world and I've experienced some of the great ones and some of the you know, not so great ones, right? Ones that have made me cast for 12 hours versus ones that, you know, made sure that everything was okay. And um, there's a, there's a, it, it, sometimes it's hard to think about, okay, so a Hearthstone match is usually, you know, this long, but you don't think about, oh, but sometimes, like, remember way back in the day, the Freeze Mage versus Freeze Mage match? Oh, yeah. Um, like back during Ngoro. Mm hmm. Like a forty-five um, minute match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they don't think about oh, okay. And then you have to have a break in between each one, right? right. These one-minute intervals start adding up over sixteen, mm -hmm. twenty-four, two hundred players, right. and uh, it's not—it's not necessarily what you want. Um, but when you don't think about that, then that's when you get no bathroom breaks, right? They, yeah. it, it, they think it's just so easy. Oh, they'll have time, right? But you got to plan. You got to plan it out. So Man. important. <laughs> That's part of the reason. <laughs> the staff has so many Twitch Rivals event that they had to do. Like they, there yeah. was a League of Legends one ongoing during the preliminaries of the TFT one. Oh wow! So it was literally during the League of Legends finals for Twitch Rivals while I was playing through the first like uh, two four games mm -hmm. of the beginning. So mm -hmm. due to that, I can definitely see like uh, the confusion of oh, having yeah. two different uh, Twitch Rivals event going on. Oh yeah, the the tournament. I mean, nothing against the tournament staff themselves because yeah. they're just doing their jobs. It's just like as so... a, at an admin <laughs> at an admin side, just it's just yeah. little things that you need to think of. It's uh, you got to yeah. factor in for the weight of the books. Uh, mm -hmm. Deep deep cut. How I met your mother <laughs> reference there, um, but. <laughs> Um, boop, boop is dying over here. I don't know if it's from the references or from <laughs> the Doritos. He's inhaling, <laughs> the Doritos he's it, inhaling it, it off can, camera. It can, it, it can be, it can be both. I do, I do love this one. So it's actually been super interesting to kind of hear the, the, the kind of like the plight of the player, though, right? I think what you mm -hmm. explained is something that a lot of people in a lot of different gaming worlds, especially up and coming games, have kind of had to deal with, right? They they had to deal with the beginning stages. Things don't start um, with you know augmented reality opening ceremonies, right. like right, you, you know, like uh, for for worlds, but for TFT, it's really cool to see. All right, this is what the beginning is, and it must be cool to be a part of that, right? The beginning of, of, of something. And so what is something that has changed since you even started here? Because I feel like in esports, everything's accelerated so quickly, right? What is something that you've already seen change within the community, within the competitive atmosphere, within what you even want to do uh, over your time in TFT so far? Well, for me, it's a very interesting scenario because I went from a front-faced tournament participant and content creator to now a coordinator for tournaments now. So I see things in a completely different perspective now. It's no longer like, oh, let me look at the esports scene as a player now. What can I join? What can I play? Now I'm just like, what can I create uh, 
for mm-hmm. these players. And at, at least from my end, it seems like the commercial scene for TFT has really slowed down. There was Twitch Rivals, and then there was the All-Stars Rebel Invitationals. And after that, it kind of just went poof. There was many tournaments here and there. There was the Fandom one, which is a little bit bigger. But besides that one, the TFT competitive scene has been... Uh, lacking and so many players in like the lobby through discord has just been like uh, begging for mm-hmm. some sort of tournament and even it's funny because like we joke about how like oh like if there was like a hot dog or like a popeyes uh tournament people would sign up and it was like hell yeah we would <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how desperate we are i think raid has made a tweet about that he's like damn all these players just love popeyes you might as well make a popeyes tournament and have a sandwich be the reward <laughs> so uh if the players are willing to play on camera for <laughs> Popeye sandwich. I will personally put that on. Blevins uh, hosting tournament. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah you know we'll what? do the little Legends tournament with a fifteen dollar gift certificate to Popeyes. Uh... No, 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 no. I need to hand deliver that sandwich. There we go. Blevins will fly to you. You know, for some reason, I, I imagined you on like a little old time. You know, in Futurama, they have those like bikes that fly in the air. You know the Da Vinci episode. Do you yes. remember this? The, the yeah, that's the gyrocopter. Like, the gyrocopter. Yeah, that you're like you're like riding on the gyrocopter, and then you just I, drop the. No, I was thinking <laughs> more like uh, Wizard of Oz, the 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 Wizard and Wizard of Oz going in a hot air balloon across the the country, <laughs> like delivering tournament winning Popeye sandwiches. Lots of blood. That's viral. Oh, there that's he viral is. Right that, there. that would uh, that would give me an excuse to. Uh, start a um uh, a hot air balloon and a top hat budget that would be that's really what my my goals in life have been um but speaking of goals see i brought it back um striving <laughs> like uh, talk to us about what sort of your goals are in the the near term with tft and and maybe even in the longer term and what you see as sort of the future of, of tft well, for TFT, one of my biggest goal right now is to bring back that competitive spirit for players. That's the short-term goal that we're going to expand to long-term for sure. Um, exciting news, uh, first thing first, Rising is turned into a weekly basis now. And so I told that to all those challenger players. And surprisingly, Rising... <laughs> Fight night, yes. Fight night first started off the concept with Rising was that like we were just gonna give like plat players, diamond players, like every player to just like play. Because we didn't expect anyone like in the Charlie level who would be interested in like such a small little tournament like this. Mm. But we were completely wrong. All the challenger players were just like, No, sign me up. I want to play. <laughs> like uh, I said there was one spot open on this coming Thursday's tournament, and like five challenger players was like I want in. I want in. I was like, oh my, like, I didn't expect this. So I think right now we changed the concept now that like Ryzen's just going to be this like weekly fun tournament where it's just kind of bragging rights and it's a best of four very simple night mm-hmm. for them to just win a hundred bucks and then get to come back next week and defend their title mm-hmm. and i think that concept has been kind of a little bit exciting for players and obviously we have a very big tournament coming up sometime in march ideally Ooh. and so we are really excited to announce that and besides those goals though just creating content for tft outside of even competitiveness we have I just wish things are confirmed right now so I could like talk about it. But we do have a very big show planned uh, with potentially big names that we love working with. So we will see. We're still on the stage just working with it. But hopefully we can announce those news soon and just make 
a bunch of concerts you have to live it up again set three's coming out perfect timing yeah big tournaments big shows yeah mobile's coming spectator mode fingers crossed coming around same time we're hoping (laughs) here's at this point yeah uh So that's really exciting. And and it's cool that the organization's putting in the effort and intent on building that community. And whatever, you know, I've I've only been a part of that community for a little while since TFT, ever since I met Jules. And uh yeah, you're referring to the just... Giant Slayer TV community, but I don't know if we actually said it. Oh yes. We, Giant Slayer. We, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's what we should for. Yeah, that's that's what we should probably yeah. say. Jules <laughs> fires me right after this. She's just like, you didn't say the name one time. Um, and, and, oh, I and, just got a text from Jules that says I have to have a really awkward conversation on air. Uh <laughs> yeah, so sense. Risa. <laughs> She's gonna yeah, make. Yeah, um, if you she's could, gonna make like a, a, a flat, like one of those like latex uh, or resin flowers that says you're fired on it. <laughs> oh, um, least, uh, you know, I would hang that up. Yeah, that would be a really yeah. pretty gift. Yeah. yeah, best way to get fired ever. Um, uh, no, but like, I think the reason why you got so much attention was because everyone is everyone loves playing with each other, right? This community. Yeah. And I've been a part of a couple uh, gaming communities. I I was a big fighting game guy back in the day. Then, you know, Hearthstone, Overwatch, League of Legends. Of everything, this one's like the... Everyone's so nice. True. It's so so great to see. And everyone plays with each other. And everyone just wants TFT to to do well. Right? It's Mm -hmm. like... it's like we were the runt of a of the family that no one expected to be as successful as they are. Now yeah. it's time for us to go out and make our own money, and we're going to help each other to do that. And I think that's uh, a really awesome thing about this community in general. Why we love working with people like uh, Giant Slayer and you and everyone else, uh, everyone else involved, because you guys have such a major part in that community building, mm-hmm. and you personally, because you're the one dealing with the content. Yeah, it's just been it's been crazy because obviously, uh, you know, I've done I mean, you guys have seen it. We've done a lot of work with with Giant Slayer from the fight nights to the the videos. And and Risa, you obviously have been behind a lot of that. So, I mean, what has it been like? I mean, we're doing what, two videos a week and then the tournaments. It's just like it's a lot of stuff going like right now. Like you, you mentioned there's not a lot of uh, other tournaments going on, but like giant slayer is putting out a ton of content on a weekly basis. What has it been like to just, you know, really, I mean, again, I'm biased, but like in my mind, like we've, you've been sort of carrying this TFT uh, community uh, in a lot of ways on your back. To speak the truth, it still doesn't feel enough. Like uh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like prior to this, uh, when I used to work for a different company, I was releasing five videos a week, and I just been like itching to like just throw all that out again. Obviously, mm-hmm. you need to find the right resources and make sure we plan it right. Yeah. But there's that part of me where I'm just like, it's not enough. Like I want to like start the big tournament now. Mm-hmm. Like start this weekly tournament immediately as well, and then let's just throw a video every single day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, what's been like, though, obviously, like taking a step back and just analyzing things, I think uh, for me, before it was just simply pushing out content. And I don't think I truly got to analyze what I was doing. Like, sure, like the videos were doing great. All five videos on a weekly basis was just very scheduled. Mm -hmm. Versus now we release one video and we take the next three days and we sit down and we're like, okay, what did we do good? What did we do bad? And uh working through all that little steps through one video has been mind-blowing for me like mm-hmm. uh, it's just 
been teaching me so much to just kind of slow down and just the concept of working behind the scenes is something I really love as well. Because now I'm hearing from a player's perspective, and I feel like that's something that I never got when I was a player. Mm. When I was playing tournaments, I would play in one, and they never asked like how I felt about the tournament or like how to improve, etc. It was just like, okay, you play, goodbye, see you later. <laughs> and yep. Now that I'm the coordinator myself, I feel really happy to be able to reach out and be like, hey, like you just participate. Let me know how we can change for the better. Mm -hmm. And hearing it from each individual's player, I get to see a whole new side. Also, I can relate as well because I used to be a player. So it becomes very interesting to see that dynamic of like, okay, this is something I have the power to change. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, sorry, we're a little off tangent, but in terms of just producing content... I just want to keep producing more. Like, there's this urge that I think there's so much more we can get out of TFT. And mm. with Set3 coming up, like, I wish, I, I hope I am able to handle it and get all the resources I need so that we can start producing like five videos a week once Set3 launches. That would be that, awesome. <laughs> that's an undertaking. You're gonna and hopefully, uh, and you know what though? That's a that's a that's a great goal for for you and the rest of the community to have because that that's the thing. There's so many people out there who don't have goals like that. You know, right? They're they're like, why why isn't my channel growing? Why isn't this this right. and this? And they're not thinking about also what's next. Like, how, how do I get from A to C? Right? right. It can be an incredible journey, right? But you have to be getting to C somehow. And um, and it's good that you guys are thinking like that. So I think uh, it's in it's in good hands. Oh, thank you. I think there's a huge difference between a content creator and being a coordinator as well. Like mm-hmm. when I was a content creator, that kind of mentality where it's just like I know like to grow, I need to stream every day, same time. Can't suddenly like play TFT one day and then you play Walking Dead the next. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that's just concept <laughs> I understand, but I don't do because like there's this lack of motivation somehow. Right. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm a coordinator, my motivation just like jumped to like, uh, for example, a concept I like to talk about is like networking. I hated networking as a streamer. I did mm-hmm. not like going up to talk to another network to or like a partner, anyone, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't want it to seem like I'm trying to leech off to them in any way. Right. So if a partner comes to talk to me, I'm like, oh, hi. And I'm like, yeah, five steps back because <laughs> I don't want to come off weird. Versus as a coordinator, now I'm just like, no, let's network, let's make a show happen, yeah. uh, talk to me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm a lot more happy and motivated. Mm-hmm. And I think this works out a lot better for me. Well, I think something that this also highlights, uh, mm-hmm. especially for those younger listeners at home, or really anyone who wants to, you know, transition into the field of esports. A lot of times, when someone's like, "I want to work in esports," they they think of on camera talent, and you know, they think of casters and the players, and that's that's it. Right. What people don't understand is there are so many different paths you can take, and yours is definitely one of them. Um, some of the best uh, workers I worked with over in the Overwatch world were our tournament coordinators. They were busy. And uh, it was a it was a really really tough gig, and then that person transitioned into a project management role for a AAA company, right? So it's it's a it's really really important to show, hey, it's not about just being on camera or playing for the camera, right? There are so many opportunities around esports, whether that be in production, content creation, project management. You you know what I mean? And I think it's great to have you on to kind of represent all of those things, mm-hmm. right? Because I think between us, we represent almost the entire industry um, outside of consulting. Uh, but uh, uh, it, it's just really cool to get all of those kinds of backgrounds. You put it in a TFT, and that is grounds for germination of success. And that's uh, it's something that I'm really excited about for the future. 
Yeah. And, and you've got me, of course, as an example of what not to do in all of those roles. And uh, someone's got someone's to set the bad example, right? Um, but that is uh, great. And of course, um, you can check out a lot of these awesome stuff that Risa is doing over at uh, Giant Slayer, the Giant Slayer TV YouTube. Um, you can also, uh, I, I hear the, uh, the voice actor there is just, just top, top notch. Um, I don't know who it is, but it's, uh, they're, they're great. He sounds uh, a lot like you actually. He, he yeah. it's, <laughs> I mean, I don't even, I, I, I don't know. I, I, oh, I don't, oh. I don't assume it's, it's 2020. I don't assume. Um, uh, but, uh, on that note, let's, uh, take a quick break and we will be right back after these messages. All right, guys, it is time for our betonline.ag bold prediction of the week. Betonline.ag is your online sports book expert. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, and you are going to be getting yourself a 50% welcome bonus. Now, I want to talk about some predictions, and we're talking, and what do we want? What do we, what can we even predict right now? What are things that are going on in the TFT world that we can actually predict and talk about and make a bold prediction. And the thing that I'm thinking of is something that's going to be happening in set three. We are going to be talking about this a little bit later on in the show. So we'll get a little bit of a continuation to this, but I want to go a little bit deeper on a bold prediction that I'm making for set number three of TFT. And that prediction is that we are going to see a 10 cost unit. I think we're gonna see something super big, super splashy, something that is that breaks the game in a way that we haven't seen before. We saw Lux, that I think was the first little nod to something more than the traditional five, you know, one, two, three, four, five cost units. We saw, I mean, we didn't see really any of that in Dota Auto Chess. We didn't see any of that in Dota Underlords. We saw the seven cost Lux in set two. And yeah, she's, mm, she's splashy. She's all right, but she's not, uh, she's not, really she's just a strong unit right i'm thinking this 10 cost unit maybe it's a giant unit maybe it takes up two spots it takes up either two hexes or takes up two unit places in your comp so if you're on uh if you have uh, if you're level eight it takes up two of your eight so you can only have six other units in maybe it's something crazy like that we have not seen this in an auto battler yet and i think with the space theme we can see something like a giant alien we can see something like a mech suit a giant mech where a unit jumps into a mech we haven't seen anything like that that would be awesome that could be a 10 cost unit or a 10 cost addition and upgrade or something like that we don't know and that is going to be what I am making my betonline.ag bold prediction of the week. There you have it, betonline.ag bold prediction of the week. Remember, 
Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, and you're going to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Ever seen untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, slim, short, and athletic guys of all ages. For a big, tall guy like me, these shirts actually fit great. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big ever again. And their website is easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the break. I know I sure did. We had a really great, uh, not weird ASMR uh, talk uh, that you can only see during the live feed, Twitch.tv slash The Blevins on Tuesdays at 8. Make sure you're there. Join the Discord. We do all the announcements. Um, we've got some interesting stuff here, and I pulled up this tweet that Mortdog actually put out uh, earlier today uh, as of this recording, and it was a um, it was a graph of the popularity of four-cost two-star units at high ELO. And I'll post the link uh, in the description so you can see it. But basically, it's just like you would imagine. It's a it's a graph with a bunch of lines in uh, in descending order. And I don't know if you guys have uh, taken a look at this or not, but I thought it was kind of interesting. A that like we get a little bit of an insight as to what the team actually sees, and it's like oh they you can start getting like super granular. Like you can, you can like extrapolate this out and like, they can just look at anything in the game and have these stats. Um, so when we're complaining about something being broken and they're like, well, it's really not that broken. Now we kind of see, yeah, maybe they can see it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I'll give, I'll give the listeners a second here to make their predictions, um, of what they think. So it's the, the four, Two-star four-cost units in terms of popularity at high ELO. So take a second, those of you listening at home, and think about what you think those are in order. And there's two, four, six, eight, ten. See if you can see if you can name them in order. Okay, uh, we'll we'll go over that. But just looking at this, what did you guys sort of get get from this? Was it was it interesting? Am I just going on about nothing? Am I just a nerd for thinking that stats are interesting? <laughs> No, not at all. Um, I think one of the funniest things is just like how hard it feels like it is to get old off. But, right. ob- <laughs> but obviously, I'm doing something wrong. Uh, also, for what it's, it's worth, Boop, we are not at high ELO. No matter what, yeah. <laughs> he didn't say what he didn't say what uh, what high ELO actually means. But I can guarantee you that we are not in it. <laughs> Yeah, Malphite makes sense. Uh, so for those at home, uh, the order is, as I'm sure you've paused and given your prediction. Uh, let's do it right now, right? Pause right now to give your prediction. 
Go. Say it out loud and we'll hear you. All right. So the top 10 is Malphite, then Twitch. And then it looks like it's tied with Ash and Yorick. And it's then close. Brandt. Uh, Annie will follow. And then Kha'Zix, Janna, Lucian, and then Olaf rounding out the rear. <laughs> Never mind. You really, you really had to go there. Um, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me is like you said, like you said, like Olaf. When you're looking for a man, does it seem like he's not there? <laughs> You know, it's so funny, too, because I remember what you said about Woodland Lux, and that has rung true for me every single time, by the way. Every time I'm running something that's not Woodlands, I see Woodland Lux. Like, every time. If I last. But when I'm running Woodlands, like, that's when I'll see Cloud and Shadow Lux. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Those are the times. In my last game, my Yasuo game that I got second place in, I saw Woodland Lux early, and I almost wanted to throw my game, because I was very far ahead. <laughs> like I was on a huge win streak. I had Yasuo, I had perfect items, and I saw the Woodland Lux, and I had no other Woodlands, and I'm like, I want to do it. But if it was game night, I would have done it, but I didn't. Um, but uh, <laughs> Risa was... So, uh, yeah, Risa... And um, using your top tier, you know, this this graph is talking about you um, <laughs> and your other profiles. This is one other. So, like, does anything about this surprise you? And do you, what would do, what would change the most if we looked at a low elo uh, graph of the same thing, in your opinion? Well, I think the key point here from Ryan Moore's tweet is that this is popularity, not win rate. True. So what you say about that, for example, like uh, Malphite was a little surprising at first, but seeing that statement makes a lot more sense because Malphite is only truly used in an Ocean Mage comp. And even then, maybe you take him out because Mountain mm. loses his strength completely during the late game. Right. So mm-hmm. in the very final comp, you'll rarely see a Malphite, but Malphite is a great big rock tank and he mm-hmm. provides great CC. So popularity-wise, I can definitely see why you would just have them in the front. And then the next two that follows up, Twitch and Ash, Rangers is one of the top comps right now. So yeah. you just kind of pick up those two no matter what. If uh, this was a popular uh popularity but not when we're for low elo i wonder what it would be honestly i yeah. think we would see yorick at the highest because i see a lot of hyper old lights players so <laughs> I, I, I feel like olaf would be way higher and olaf <laughs> would be way higher too i don't see berserkers at all in top elo lobbies anymore but mm. i think people still play them in uh like gold silver yeah and yeah. then i think the ones that go down um are is twitch i think that's the one that probably goes down the most in my opinion, uh, if we're looking at a low elo, I could be wrong about this. I'm, I'm, I'm taking this literally right out of my butt. Also, the name. Yeah, also not literally. Uh, but <laughs> um, this is interesting, again, because it is popularity and not win rate. I'm wondering, because like, if, if you think about this and you, th- and you thought of these, I guess I'm, I'm getting way off the beaten path here. Still on topic, but off the beaten path. If you think of these as like stocks for instance like they're going up in popularity which means like and and like you said Risa Twitch and Ash are near the top Malphite is number 1 but Twitch and Ash are the next two that follow Rangers is super super popular right now but that means that and again this goes ties back to our other conversation of it's super popular and it can get first place, but it's contested, right? So as this goes up, 
in popularity, its power level as a comp to go for kind of goes down because it's harder to do, right? If you get it, it's still strong. But in like when you're looking at it from like, I don't have anything, I'm going to go for this comp, it's actually weaker because it's harder to get. So something like Olaf, which is really low, is actually kind of, if, if it has the power to, to win in general, it actually, the power level goes up when its popularity goes down, because if you get something uncontested, it's better. Is this making any sense, or am I just blathering? <laughs> to up, a certain extent, I think Berserkers right now gets countered way too hard by the meta, so it, it gets so, Berserkers get countered by Rangers. Yeah. So that's just a simple matter of fact. So if you have six people going for Rangers and you're the only Berserker, yeah, you'll hit your Olaf too quicker than uh, these six players hitting their Ash 2 and Twitch 2. But ultimately, you're not going to be first or second because there's six Rangers and uh, half of them will get their comp and half of them will beat you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the idea of why, with Rangers being at the top, that means Olaf is going to be at the bottom because he's going to mm-hmm. be poking at this ash for 30 seconds and then probably not get his ult off and die. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I like how you're thinking about it, though. Yeah. You got to think about everything like that, right? Because yeah. it's totally right in theory, yeah, but when you actually do successfully have the comp with all the other intangibles, what does that actually mean? Right. Mm-hmm. I think, And I think you're right. I, the, the big thing about Olaf is Olaf is a low elo trap in regular League of Legends, so I would assume <laughs> whoa, 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 that whoa. in also... In no TFT. off main, bro. Exactly. So it's regular <laughs> TFT. Throw off skin. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do actually have a <laughs> A trap. I definitely bought it. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it's actually really interesting. I love stats like this. This is the type of stuff that I'm like, like I want to know per division which little legend has the highest win rate because how funny would it be okay, right there was like a correlation <laughs> yeah like how funny would it be if like for some reason in diamond like fury ring has like a 60 percent win rate in a, in a lobby like wouldn't that, that would just be, be really funny? that would be right? hilarious no um uh, I, I love stats like that so more more of this por favor i want to see i mean i want to see this stuff this is the type of stuff that i know in having watched so much of Mort's streams and having we actually having talked to him i know a lot of this they won't show us and can't show us and don't want to show us because like seeing something like this again like even just my like first level thinking of it is like oh well i'm now i know in general olaf is not being gone for like not just anecdotally i know for a fact it's it's super uncommon so I can like change my thinking. It's almost like insider trading, which is why I kind of thought of it like stocks. It's like, oh, well, I know at my ELO that no one is going Olaf. I have the stats to show that. I have the insider trading. I can buy, 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 buy Olaf. They're super cheap right now. And but, then, but maybe no one's going Olaf because it's bad. Right. You know? <laughs> but And I think that that is possible. But also there is somewhat like there's a there's a breaking point for it. And that wouldn't you wouldn't be able to look at just one graph. Potentially, there's a breaking point because like, yes, maybe Olaf gets countered by Rangers. But what if you get like what if you get Olaf three super early or if you're easily able to get Olaf three, like can Olaf three? I, I, it, the, I don't know what the answer to that is in this specific scenario, but you can see where like even a weaker champion, a weaker four cost champion, if you can get it four cost or uh, restarted. Maybe that makes a difference. 
Um, chances of that are incredibly low, though. Two three sure. star, even if no one ever goes for a con, right. chances of two three yeah, star epic I mean, is extremely low. It's kind of like, oh, you could win a million dollars if you bet it all on black. Right, <laughs> you could. You totally uh, could. There's the option. I mean, to, there's definitely merit there. going for a comp that is lower popularity. I think in this case scenario, it's not the best example due to the fact that Ranger's so popular right. as a direct counter. But if it's so, for example, using Kha'Zix, I think Kha'Zix is a really good example here. Yeah. Is that like I think Desert is pretty strong in the meta right now, mm-hmm. and Kha'Zix is a great early to mid game unit. And I would honestly capitalize on Kha'Zix a lot more. It seems like this is something that might be easier to hit. Mm-hmm. And although I still won't use it for any late game comp i think cause eventually would fall off due to the rangers and slash um crystals Crystal i think they could him. carry me for during the mid-game spike mm-hmm. tremendously versus olaf you don't sell your olaf or you don't use it for mid-game and then sell it for late game right. so i think that's the difference so i think yeah. using that logic though like going for a uh, unit like Kha'Zix could be really good or any even Annie's mm-hmm. in the mid-tier as well and it's a unit that you honestly you can buy if you have the gold for it buy her pop her down she mm-hmm. throws out a bear and she she's stay tank for you yeah. yeah she's basically two units and so she does a great job for your mid power spike as well so if, i sometimes would tear to her keep her there for a bit it's just about the timing of making sure to delete and sell those units off mm-hmm. for your final comp right yeah super interesting to me and i i, mm-hmm. I hope that this discussion if mort hears it is inspiring him to give us more <laughs> insights and not being like, oh God, they're onto us. We can't show anything now. I still want to see the, I mean, it's less interesting now because so much time has gone by, but I want to see like what the number of tier three, five cost units in ranked games has been like total. Like, cause I've, I've never, I've only ever seen one happen in the wild and it was on dog stream and set one. I've never, I haven't seen a single, I mean, I've seen people post on Reddit, but right. that's such yeah. a huge Do you think the size. number at this point in time is over or under 1,000? Do you think w- Probably there's over. been more? The, I gave it about 10,000. Well, no, I say I, it's under, honestly. Well, I think like the only post we see is that that's all there is. Well, <laughs> you, you know, I thought the same thing, and then I asked, like, a long, this is a while ago, so maybe, but I, I was kind of I was talking in Mort's chat about this and like thinking about it and he basically like made me think more about the scope of like how many like x million players playing is like how many games that actually is I'm like oh I'm probably just underestimating like how many games of TFT are actually being played yeah but at the same time it's kind of like we're gonna go gambling again hitting the jackpot on a slot machine right like how many people pull those handles I don't know I think uh, I don't think it's that high because when he answered I remember he was like I don't actually know but I would assume because of the number of games no i'm something like this i I think he did i i don't remember the i don't remember the answer more if you're listening to this uh tag us on twitter and let us know Uh, i think there's also the concept that in a ranked game though don't people will not go for a right yeah in a ranked game costly right so it's just normal games we're talking about too in a ranked game i think it's under a thousand but man, I don't know because I keep thinking like anyway. We'll, we'll talk about it later. That's be, something to noodle on. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. That'd be one percent of games if it 
if there's a thousand for every million games, so it's a, I don't I know. It's less than one percent. Yeah, huh? but well, that that there's more than a million games. But it doesn't matter. Well, uh, maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get that answer someday. Uh, yeah. It's just an interesting, silly little thing. Um, but in the vein of the patches that we've uh, that the patch that we've been talking about, and actually these past few patches, um, you know, we've talked about on the show and just kind of gotten a sort of a general consensus from. Most people, I know there's always, seems like the, the top players, they, they, they jump to conclusions very quickly in terms of what they like or don't like about a patch. Um, but we've talked about in general, at least from our perspective, that these last few patches have just been fantastic for TFT. It's felt really good. It's felt like there's a lot of options. Now we've had a couple of outliers, Siver and Friends, uh, Blender and whatnot. But like outside of those few outliers, these last few patches have felt really, really good. Um, and I'm curious, Risa, what your thoughts are on these past few patches, maybe set two in general in terms of balance for the game and how you've enjoyed playing it and, and viewing it. Uh, for me, I think these couple of patches definitely was a much better balance compared to what you just mentioned blender and server and friends mm. i have to be honest though that i do think set one was better than set two um, set That's two was take. going <laughs> set two was going towards the right direction there was soft counters which is a great idea bigger mm. board space and i think these are great stuff and also again not doing huge changes where it just like destroys the meta but just a little like but a couple of viewers told me how they feel like the passions were a lot easier to understand mm. and mm -hmm. i think that's a great point it's not like suddenly changing abilities and switching to sub 10 more synergies on this patch etc right um right. however why i like set one over spec Two better is due to the fact that set one things were simplistic in the fact that you can see everything in the board. Right. One little position matters so much to me, and then uh, I can see what every single unit is doing. And there's spectacles, right? Like a Nari suddenly jumping, smashing mm -hmm. half my board, which is like, oh my god, like yeah. that kind of reaction. Here, I'm just kind of like, oh my mouth, I booped them. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just yeah. Bit, the only one who like really gives you that same feeling of like a big sedge or or that that gnarled is Vigard when you get to machine gun. Yeah, right. And, That's yeah, like the only one really. Yeah. Right. There was a little bit of Zed at the beginning when we like Shojin Seraph and he was just like cloning all over the place. But like That's there true. was really a lack of that in set that, two. That was your <laughs> fight night debut, wasn't it? Oh, that was one of the. the it yes. was you versus Sphinx <laughs> with the million Zeds. No, <laughs> he was running Blender before it was, was Blender. Egg girl. He, he ran Eggroll egg with Renekton yeah. three, and I ran. Oh, that's right. Said against yes. his Eggroll. Um, yeah, you know, and I th that's actually something that Moore talked about when he was on the podcast. Was it was an intentional choice to move away from like the Chogath, Nar, Sedgwine. Like, there's too much of that in set one. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, I think for set two. The, it just feels a little underwhelming. It feels a little bit more, you know, character to character rather than things reaching a map wide kind of state. Right. And I think that's something that they're definitely going to fix going into the next set because it sounded like he was very aware of it. And the way that I think he was talking about it means that we're definitely going to get some of those olds back. So fingers crossed. Yeah. So they did, he did make a post that said he's going to put back more spectacle kind of ults. Yeah. 
Another complaint of set two, I would say though, is um, there's too much. Like uh, there's infernal hexes burning all over the place. You have sire mm. plants in one corner, and then apparently those plants could have been targeted. We found out like three <laughs> patches <laughs> in, and it's just all over the place. And with summoners as well, like you yeah. have like four Yorick units here, like th- just it's just not fun mm. to analyze. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's there's less map-wide ultimates, fantastical ultimates, but for you, it's harder to read, even though yeah. there's less of that. That's interesting. It's yeah. a lot more RNG, too, because it's not like these burns are always in the same spots. It's like right. they're just randomly burning enemies everywhere. And also the concept, they fix this bug, but like they always change their targets as well. So for example, even Krugs, you put one unit there, sometimes it targets the left unit, and sometimes it would target the right unit. And that's something that didn't happen in set one. Set one, as oh. you position this way, it would always go for like the NAR in front. It would always go right. for this unit in front. Here, it's like a random 50% chance of RNG. If my unit will go for this person or that person, mm-hmm. sometimes it turns left, sometimes it turns right, even those same exact positioning as before. And that's another concept I dislike because that's playing more towards RNG rather mm-hmm. than a calculated positioning and then being like 50% now. Like, right. let's see if he turns left or right. right. Yeah. yeah, so for set three, would you like to go back to a smaller map or do you want to see more um, kind of fantastical ultimates come back with a mixture of set two? What would you, if you were to create the perfect set three for you as a player, mm-hmm. don't, don't care about anyone else, right? No one else matters. Yeah. Um, what would that look like? So I would keep the bigger board space but they would need to go in and define these ults to be much more direct and linear. So I hope like with Space and Aussie, it's not like half the map randomized will suddenly glow or something. <laughs> like, I, I, would theory, I actually have a theory. Um, and it was brought up by a joke that I, I forget who's, but someone said that like asteroids would hit the map mm-hmm. or, or something like that. But I, I actually don't think, even you bring that be, up. I think you could be, I think you could be right. Like, I think maybe oh, the way God. that the map might get effective is random hexes get taken away. See, that's one of like, it, it, it's going to be one. It's like one of the only kind of thoughts that I haven't seen them use yet, right? In terms of how to affect like RNG, like the elemental. That's my worst I don't. I can't. Different. I don't think they would do that. Um, but like, if they were to take hexes away or add characters that block hexes, that will maybe cause people to like walk around a certain. Maybe um, that obstacle. that one might be more. Okay. I could see that. I don't think you take away um, hexes because, because we have some of that stuff because like trundle and league of legends puts up a pillar and you have to like walk around it yeah. and i was thinking that that could be something in the game i don't know yeah. maybe taking away random hexes with the thought of forcing different positioning every map as opposed to getting set based on your comp they would have to decide it's not randomized so it would be like uh um he puts a hex or sorry he destroys a hex right in front of him or, or right. something like that. Random yeah. hex. If Interaction with hexes like that, I could see them doing at some point. But that's okay. my that's my gut. I have no idea. But mm-hmm. I feel like in terms of if I were a designer, I'd like to try that out and see how that like affected the game. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's why I'm not a designer. <laughs> I think randomness needs to be controlled as a main key point. For example, people hated sorry hating set two more because they kept calling um Talia and yeah. Malfi the phantoms. Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then also with Azir, there's a Reddit post which I actually freaking love where uh there's a three star Azir and just so happened the second he ulted, he they went on the three star Kogma or it just instantly got destroyed within yep. like a point one second. Yep. And that's just like a terrible feeling where it's just like if it targeted my Kogma, I lose. If it targeted anything else, I could have won. 
And so that that all feels like phantom to me, right? So yeah, yeah. The the counter, well, part of the counter to that is like the inverse of that is Yasuo, right? It's like the Yasuo <laughs> just always targets the best unit. Like but that's why we like Yasuo because it says it that it will always okay. target, so we can play right, around can it play with around itemization. It. That's yeah. fair. Azir is just random. Like we get unlucky if yeah. it goes for our Dresar or that, that is points. fair. That that's an interesting mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah, it, it strikes to me. It, it strikes me that they want to keep some sort of math randomness, right? Because even mm-hmm. in regular League of Legends, even with the elementals, right, changing that up. So if that's the direction they're going, that's like I think literally like the first idea someone had probably in that meeting was let's take <laughs> hexes away, let's expand the map space, but take you know instead of elemental hexes giving you something, let's just take that away and see how yeah. it affects because everyone behind that hex would have to also have to walk around it, right? I they, don't know. And they, based on your synergies and origins, might work around that kind of thing too. But yeah, um, like, oh, if there's know, like the cool. assassin, the and assassin type class can like hover over those blank spaces or something. That would be interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe there's like a floating class, right? right? <laughs> or like or a flying class. Um, but yeah, that actually is a really good uh, follow up question to that, uh, Rissa. Is if you were to create an origin or a class. Um, like for Blev, it's the beard class, right? <laughs> uh, for me, it's the I want to see Heart Seekers. I finally decided because there's a skin line called Heart Seeker, which is like Valentine's Day themed, mm. and I just don't know what that would be, but that would be fun. Uh, what about you? What do you? What would you kind of like to see? A, a type of uh, fantasy in the game for you that you haven't seen quite yet? Hmm. I think like Zillion and something with time would be Ooh. pretty fun. I'm scared to say more because I feel like it would be RNG related and that would just as a player probably destroy me. <laughs> but something with like just a single something like Bliss Crank where it's just like a robot, like immediately from the start, something happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually probably bring up missing Blitzcrank more than any other unit. Yeah, I love like, Blitzcrank. Okay, that is a spectacle from a two cost unit. And yeah. Is there a two cost unit now besides Yasuo that has a little bit of spectacle? No, right? And even Yasuo is just very particular too. Yeah. It's not even that big of a spectacle, to be honest. I mean, the <laughs> volley bear bug that Mort exploited on his stream was a uh, pretty a pretty spectacle. But the bears were a fun a few patch demon bear, assassin bear. <laughs> like, oh, the old volley bear. Well, that old volley bear was was three cost. I'm talking about the, oh, the one the from new this, from this. Oh, was there a new bug? It was. On, I think it was only on PBE, and it was ah. only for a little bit. But it was literally if you put a death cap on. Uh, actually, I don't know. I think the only reason the death cap was relevant is because it would one shot things. But you get a volley bear, and when he would alt, if he would kill someone and his alt normally resets, like it gives you mana and resets, it would have infinite range. (laughs) So he'd put a death cap on it. So he'd go, he'd he'd attack, 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 alt, crunch, kill, reset, just like start machine gunning from across the map, just crunch, 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 crunch. Uh, I think Mort actually put a video up on his YouTube. It's actually pretty funny. Um, Yeah, but yeah, that got got fixed uh, real quick, but. Yeah, two cost. I'm trying to think that. Yeah, Yasuo is probably the only one that comes to mind that has any sort of. Oh, I mean, there's always, of course. Uh, Ready for battle. We've got, we've got Jax, of course, but he's not really a spectacle. <laughs> Jack just spins a little bit. He, he does. So I, I, I was thinking about it because you guys are saying, and and Mort has said it, and a lot of people have said it that 
Sejuani alt, Cho'Gath alt, um, these big um, spectacle alts. And it's like, we kind of, I think the part of it isn't the fact that it, it like stuns a big portion of the map because we, we have that now. Cause like Malphite kind of does that. And Amumu definitely does that, right? He has a huge alt that, yeah. but it's Tarek, super five costs. Tarek, it's super quick, right? It's like Amumu just goes foop. And then things are stunned. Whereas like Cho'Gath, it's like the circle comes out and it's like, oh, the circle, wait for it. And then boom. And then Sejuani is like, oh, it's coming down. I'm wondering, and this is, I I have no idea if there's any credence to this at all. If it's like, it's not the fact that you're stunning multiple people or you're affecting multiple units. It's the like, the buildup to it. That is really. Animation, I think, is two key points. Because uh, even Dota Auto Chess, uh, if have you guys ever experienced playing yes. that? No? I, yep. I do. So least, yeah. there's the Kunka with the giant yes, ship just the ship. from across, and then it's just yes. a little fun. So just you that hear concept. the bell, yeah, yes. you hear the bell. Like there's just so much going on that you're like, it's coming, <laughs> and yeah. you get so excited for it. And I think that's what we like here. Like our old is cool. Like it is a stun. It's like circular, but then it went poop, and then yeah. it's done. So yeah. Omu could be so. You just kind of want. I, I think you want to like feel. I think for you, yeah, you, you want to like feel, feel it, it yeah. right? And I think that's just good design. I think they did a really good thing in terms of cleaning up some of the interactions in this set because they do have so many synergies. But this set did feel cleaner in, in a sense of you might have had a harder time reading the fights, but in terms of character for character, the map they mm-hmm. definitely grew in terms of what their design philosophies are yes. looking like and how yeah. intentional they're going to be. And I really do think that this third set's really going to show all of that growth and how they've decided to really push the game because set three is big, right? It's pretty much a, it's pretty much TFT two, right? Because it's coming out on mobile and mobile is going to increase the player base by so much yeah. right and um it's going to open up streaming opportunities and professional opportunities and just because it's gonna and because more, more of us have phones and computers just more and more people are going to play so set three has to slap if right. tft is gonna is if tft is gonna survive and i think set two and set one are perfect learning examples to where knowing what i know of more how we've talked and the rest of the team i feel pretty confident that set three is going to be pretty epic that we're, we are going to get almost everything that we asked for maybe except the spectator client which will come a little later <laughs> except for the one thing that we absolutely want uh <laughs> i don't know I, you guys could disagree with me but i think set three i'm really really excited and for it because i'm so nervous about it there's excitement like you said like i feel like they yeah. took in everything all that they learned this what we want their final exam right yes. for the semester <laughs> this is their final for the semester yeah i just know like set two scared away so many players too like i Obviously, it brought yes. in a lot more, but set two was just like there's so much to relearn again. But at least set two, it was about elementals. That's easy. Fire burns, you know, like it was concept we understood. Yeah. This was space, stars, and Odyssey. And I'm not like I like sci-fi and all, but I'm like nervous about uh, I love about sci-fi. Like space and odyssey speaks directly to me. Ooh, and you know, okay. and that's a, that's a, that's actually a really interesting kind of question for the design team. It's just like sci-fi is and space has always been kind of like an alienating type of genre. So is that pun intended? Space no, actually, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> kind of like like in the movie war- world, like horror, right? There are just some people who don't watch it. 
Right. And so I wonder like it's how true. theming does affect player base in that way, right? That your perception of what's going mm-hmm. on might be affected based on just the theming, right? Because I was watching a stream the other day and he said, we literally lost players because there were no more Yordles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, for TFT, <laughs> is that something that you're just going to have to deal with, you know, every other set or so? Yeah. Right. That, like in Hearthstone, a priest just isn't good. So I just won't play for a month. Or, and thank God, priest is good because I think Hearthstone's at its worst place when priest is good. Um, <laughs> but uh, in terms of TFT, like, yeah, I think you guys know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the fear. Like, would it alienate? It? It's not a pun, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and is it, is it their job? Is it. <laughs> Is it their job to like make sure that everyone likes every set, right? That is it okay for you to say, okay, well, I'm not a big fan of sci-fi. I might take a little bit of a break this set, but next set I might come back anyway, right? And juggle players like that. I'm sure that's something to think about, but I'm interested to see what the philosophy. Would be better to not have a theme because set one technically didn't have a theme, right? It was just all over the right. place. There's facials, then there's yeah. nice. And I think that concept is a lot less scarier. Then, uh, at least for me, when I hear a space team, I don't know why part of me like freezes up a little. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm so boring now. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel that way for space, but I'm just trying to think if it was like a horror, like you mentioned, people don't like horror movies. I don't particularly like horror movies. If there's like a horror theme set, I mean, like, yeah, fiddlesticks, like, uh, I feel like that would probably be pretty cool. I like the theming okay. of it. I like the, I mean, I think honestly that the elements are kind of boring it's like okay water great cool playing is safe it is playing it safe and i personally don't want them to do that now the i am i think after seeing sort of the reception from set two in terms of like you said uh risa i had the same experience where people my friends told me hey i loved set one it was great and I'm sure set two is great, but I don't want to learn a new game. Like it's a new game coming out every time they release a set. And we talked about this before on, on previous episodes of like maybe a, a different way or uh, to release sets to have a little bit more overlap. But regardless of that, like just a new set coming out is very uh, scary for me as someone who's creating content and wants to promote the community because people are going to leave the game and stop the game. Hey, we've been playing for four months on set two and now everything's gone. There's not even elemental hexes. And now there's this new asteroid (laughs) thing and everything is completely different. It's like, yeah, I know how to buy units, but like I'm bit your bit. It's like if they, what if they replace, what if set three, just think it, go through this thought experiment. What if set three was just Dota, uh, was just Dota underlords. Like, I mean, the game the game is different, right? But, like, it's the same in a lot of ways. It's still... And, and like, the new set is Dota Underlords. Now you gotta go play Dota Underlords for set three. It's like, yeah, I kind of don't want to learn that. Like, I... For a while, when I, TFT first came out, like, I was kind of alternating. Because um, I'd be like, oh, you know, I liked... I really like Dota Auto Chess, and I was playing the Drodo version on my phone and whatnot. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep up with it. But then it's like... I got really into TFT and I go back, I like take some time off of Dota Underlords and I go back and I'm like, I don't like what, why is Venomancer a one cost now? It's like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, and that's the sort of feeling that people have. And, you know, we're blinded in a little bit because we're creating content and we're on top of it at all times for everything. But a lot of people aren't like that. Yeah, you put in all this work and effort, uh, and then all of a sudden it doesn't feel like it matters anymore, right? Because the new set's the great equalizer. It's right. the opportunity for new players to come in and feel like they're on more even footing. 
right? Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of like when it's like if you're playing regular league when your champion gets picked to get reworked, right? It's it's right. it's really scary for for a similar reason, right? Yeah. Just, you don't know how it's gonna end up. You don't know how it's gonna go. And after they change it, is the core playing philosophy even still the same, right? right. Because you gotta make sure that they still like playing that character, right? That's why a lot of people who play Volibear are, are, are scared for that rework right. specifically, right? And so that definitely goes in. But, you know, in the end, I think having a theme makes marketing okay. a lot easier. That's true. Right? And, yeah. and just saying, oh, look at these cool things because for this third one, I think visuals are going to be so important because they have mm-hmm. to bring people in and people mm-hmm. aren't going to be listening all the time to a commercial or bring it in. They're going to see someone streaming it and if the game looks cool, might, they might download it or they might yeah. come and play. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I think that's why for this particular set, a theme is good. It'll be hard. Maybe it's set six or seven to maybe continue it. It might be kind of like forcing it at that time, but as of yeah. right now, I think of where we're at. I think a little calamity might be nice as like kind of like because it's still in beta, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I never even thought about that before. We are still in beta for TFT. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So why not go crazy, right? right. Like do that's and and, that, and that's something I like. And I'm cool with alienating some people for you know two or three months if it's not their jam but uh and if they don't lose the core playing philosophy of the auto babbler i think they can really try whatever because no one's really defined exactly how this is supposed to play anyway that's true and honestly i think once we do go official now you mentioned the beta part i need a client to ourselves that is not the <laughs> league of legends like a yeah, runeterra client but one for tft that would make my day so they had no idea it would be this successful but i'm sure right. now that they know things might be yeah in the I, works i don't know if that if that's happening or not i feel like mort has talked about that a bit and i don't remember him saying that it's probably not anytime not, soon yeah not but i think a lot of what he's said in that regard and a lot of what he he even probably knows and it just hasn't been thought about is like all of it is prefaced on like mobile first and then we'll talk mm-hmm. so that yep. makes sense yeah we gotta get mobile out that's the most important thing and it's the most important thing for all of us but do you yeah. know what the most important question is i mean i do boop but why don't you ask it anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i mean so you gotta get your thinking cap this is super philosophical okay. um which little legend tastes the best so, yes. if you had to eat yeah um, if you had to smart. eat one of the little legends smart which one do you think would taste the best Fuwa, is it's that easy uh, this is it's, it's very okay, okay, there's okay. a pig if, in the game if you're gonna pick the fuwa i have to counter no I have to counter. don't okay and let and let and let knows up. what i'm gonna count i know you the are fuwa, and i'm gonna i'm gonna Yes. The, <laughs> the fuwa is sad. And so I don't think the meat is going to oh taste as good God. as something like the Fury Horn or even the Paddle Bar. You know? All I'm saying I is don't want to eat a happy animal. Exactly. But exactly. But a happy, a happier You're taking animal an animal while better. it's having a happy life. You're taking <laughs> okay, a little legend. Okay, it's okay, happy. It just got the sword on the opening carousel the that you wanted. And then you're like, you know what? This is going to be a tasty, happy little legend. Let's kill it and eat I it right think now. The meat will be more tender, right? <sighs> Because they, they were happy that, doing no. more exercise and stuff like when that. When I see a happy like, animal, I'm not like, oh, the meat must be more tender. Nor like when they're <laughs> sad, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, but, like, but like when I see a cow, right? They're like, okay, these cows are both going to die anyway. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> let's kill the one that's having a good life. <laughs> yeah. Let's kill the one that's enjoying life right now instead of the one that's not. Well, it's going to get cooked and eaten anyway, right? <laughs> might as well well oh, on the, on, on, you really don't think a happier animal if you take the ethos and emotion out of it that a happier animal would taste better than a sad one i think you're just biased against uh uh whatever uh chemicals and adrenaline and whatnot is produced by stress i think you're just biased you're just taste biased against those things i don't know what i don't know what adrenaline for, just tastes for me, like. happiness is not a criteria for my <laughs> <laughs> It's like that episode. That real answer. Have, have you ever seen that episode of um, Portlandia where they go to the like fresh to farm restaurant and they're like, yeah, oh, yeah, chicken. yeah, yeah, for the chicken, well, yeah. yeah, and, and then, then they end up joining be, a cult joining a cult. Yeah, I mean that, yeah. that 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 goes off the rails like many Portlandia skits to do. Be but fair though, one of the little legends is literally named Dango, which means cake in Japan. Like it's oh. he, it's literally a Japanese dumpling, is what he is. Yeah, yeah. So we were we we were also thinking about that one because he eats so many other things. He right? is literally so, a food. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. So like, so like he's also flavored with other food and potentially <laughs> other little legends. That's scary. You know? And so I, I, I think like you age that. Um, the other one that you have to kind of I think what was the other one? The rock that kind of looks like a Kinder egg. N- huh? No, not the rock. The uh, bird. No, 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 no. The bird. The bird. That yeah. Looks like oh, a with the talker. The talker, yeah. yeah. Oh, you want to eat that thing? No, no, no because it, 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 oh, yeah, it's like yeah, there's like a, 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 a creamy <laughs> filling inside. It's like it's like a kid. I would never look at talker the same no more. <laughs> <laughs> Crack it open and creamy uh, inside. Hey, yeah, and it's like an Easter egg. If you're one of those, if you're a hydro hobby, <laughs> then you can just go with the river sprite. Yeah, just drink drink a nice glass of river sprite. I can see the river sprite being a nice, relaxing, refreshing. <laughs> I, wonder if, yeah. I want a, I want a, um, I want a sparkling river sprite. That's what I want as a little legend. Like I want uh, it to be I'm, called sparkling. I feel river such sprite. carnivores now that I'm gonna play TFT and just look at all little legends like food. <laughs> like, that's it, like, it's so funny. The second you start thinking about it, you're like, wow, a lot of these could be food. Also, <laughs> you get way more excited about the new ones that come out. So. <laughs> yeah, because eventually we'll, we'll have like a real tier list out. Because like there's some that just like won't taste good. Like none of the KDA ones will will taste good. Um, I yeah. think they're too oh, man. Like, well, oh, man, I, I will I save. Mean, I, was... <laughs> I was gonna say we'll save the conversation that came up about Kiki uh, at game night when we were ta- when we started with this conversation. And it just got dark after that when you find out what <laughs> what people do with chinchillas, which Kiki is. Uh, oh, uh, oh yeah, a lot of people eat them. No, a lot of people eat them. No, it's not. It's not. Eating. You're thinking of guinea pigs. Uh, it's. I am eating. thinking of guinea pigs. I am it's, thinking of guinea pigs. All I'll right? say is uh, pelts is what uh, it. Mm. All I'll say is that uh, a very like expensive uh, chinchilla fur coat takes like sixty chinchilla pelts. So oh. when you're. Ta- yeah, right, let's that's... talk about something else yeah. on, on a uh, happier thing on a happier so, note so set three after, is after, coming <laughs> after all of that after all of the details and the arguments presented at you are you willing to stand by your initial choice of yes. the fua being the <laughs> it's because it's the, the obvious the choice boop it's easy bacon i think the fury horn's actually pretty pretty high up there why would uh, you like a dog or like a cat or like i, I kind of consider it more like a goat and the a silver wing. horn, yeah, yeah. silver wing's probably really high up there too. Silver wing is going to be the safe choice. Fua is also a pretty safe choice. Paddlemar is a, a safe-ish. No, Paddlemar is an exquisite choice. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. Like swallows nest. 
Wait, what? <laughs> I thought we were going for a happier topic. <laughs> yeah, not yet. <laughs> Let's go for. Yeah, ah, we fell into Boop's trap. You've activated my trap card, Pharaoh. And a, <laughs> Yu- a, a Yu Gi Oh voice reference is our cue to wrap up the show because <laughs> uh, that's when we know we've gone off the rails. Uh, Striving Light, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for everything you're doing in the community. The floor is yours. Sell out, shout out, do what you will. Tell the people where they can find you and what they should be looking out for. Thank you. So uh, they call me Risa, but all my social medias is striving underscore light. I stream TFT, but honestly, I am loving my job as a coordinator for Giant Slayer TV. Jules, don't fire me. I said the name. (laughs) (laughs) So make sure to check that out. Um, My streams are very chill. I play TFT, but honestly, we just talk about your day, any Mm -hmm. topic at all. Controversial, so we can talk about eating fuwas all day (laughs) as well. (laughs) But yes, but um, if you guys are interested in TFT and tournaments, definitely check out Giant Slayer TV. We have a lot of big news and big shows coming. So that is twitch.tv slash Giant Slayer TV. And newly I hope park, to see you guys or there. newly uh, newly affiliate, by the way. Yes, we just got affiliated. I think and, that was the first uh, set, by the way. Ooh, uh, on Thursday, we are having Soju compete along with Daisy, the number one EU player, Snoosa, uh, the number three, the number six EU player. Half our lobby's EU on Thursday, which is wow. surprising because it's an 8 p.m. CT time slot with top tens. And then we have people like Soju and much more. So Thursday's lobby's going to be hype, but I just want to put that Ooh. out there for fight night. Big games coming at Fight Night, yep. and we will make sure you're there live. But if you're not, we will certainly you'll be able to check out the VOD on Giant Slayer TV, and we will talk mm-hmm. about the tournament next yeah. week here. But that is going to wrap it up for us on this episode number 27 for the Legends Podcast. Boop, where can people find you on the internet? At Rex at twitter.com. Find me there. We'll talk about tasty things outside <laughs> of Little Legends. Yes, we'll talk about other tasty delicacies. Um, and you can find the show on Twitter at LIL Legends Pod. Again, best place to find uh, myself, Boop, uh, Risa as well. Discord.me slash Legends Podcast. That is where the community lives. Uh, game nights on most Fridays, not this upcoming Friday because of uh, Valentine's Day, but I will put the details of when that is going to be rescheduled in the Discord. Make sure you're there. That is going to be it for this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Shoutouts again to Striving Light for coming on and doing so many great things in the community. But for our guest, Striving Light, for Boob, I am Blevins, and we will see you guys next week to talk about some more team fight tactics bye sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history relive their decade of dominance in a new showtime sports documentary the kings a four-part series now streaming on showtime